So you're you're at the CBC? Oh no, I'm in my closet. You're in your closet. Dude, the uh, the snowstorm made things a little bit like uh, you know, it's like please Please, the OPP is like, please consider if you really need to leave the house. <laughs> and so I asked my boss at uh, at CBC, I was like, do you think we can just do this uh, remotely? And she's game. She's, she's in there anyway. She has to go in. Um, but we've done it a couple of times. I'm not an audiophile, but you can't really tell the difference. You can't. I can't tell at all. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's pretty good. The mic's decent. And uh, a lot of clothes around here. We're in a walk-in, you know? Look at you with the walk-in closet. So this is your wife's closet, then. This is not your closet. No, it's... <laughs> See, I have, I have more than my wife. I have more clothes than my wife, if you can believe it. <laughs> She's more of a minimalist. Good for you. Mm. Good for you. Know. There's always people telling us what to do. I think the first time... Maybe it wasn't the first time, but I know the last time you were on, it was like pre-pandemic. Like, right... As it started, we couldn't meet up. Yeah. You know, how, how have you been past two years? Like everybody else? It's been else? that long. Yeah, I, I can't believe it's been that long. Um, yeah, you know, I'm, I, jeez, uh, it's like, it's, it's that, it's that balance of like, I shouldn't complain. And yet, God damn it, it would feel good to complain a little bit once in a while, you know? And then, no, but we can't complain. We, I, I really try to focus on how lucky we are. Um, but it's sure. tough, you know? I have four kids and, like... Stop complaining. One of the kids... I know. Well, no, let me start. Let me Give, give me a little, give me a little okay. bit of a leash. <laughs> I think if I didn't have kids, I might be in a bit of a different situation. I could maybe sort of retreat into my own little safe space and be like, it's good, I don't... I don't miss this. I don't miss that. But you just watch your kids sometimes become a little bit of a, I'm not going to say, and, 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 and of course there's a lot of other kids who have it worse too. We're lucky our kids have each other, but they, um, you know, you see what joy they get out of hockey or soccer or whatever activities or socializing in the case. Every kid has their own sort of thing, you know, and they've lost it all. And it's just, uh, I don't know. They're also pretty malleable. They're also like, all right, Screw it. We'll just go with the flow, I guess, this. But you just feel sad. Like, uh, you know, Papa, will I be able to play hockey again this year? You're like, man, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, dude. Have they become closer as siblings? Or or are they fighting more often? Or both? No, they've become closer. There's That's not good. a lot of fighting. I really, I'm stunned sometimes. We break them up preemptively. Because we're like, you've been together. The only time you had a part all Saturday was one of you woke up 15 minutes before the other. Otherwise, just all day, all day, all, ever, like sports together, watching. And there's a little bit like, I don't want to watch that. Okay, let's watch this. And But I give full respect to my 10-year-old. He just, he's pretty, he's pretty chill, you know. He's Is he not, the eldest? He's the older out of the two boys. And then I have two girls who are 18 and 16. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, right? Like to see all these different uh, kids, like my eldest, you know, lost a grad year. If I think about my grad year, that was a good, good year. But like, whatever, she has her health. You know, there's some people who spent their grad year in uh, intensive care. So you go, okay, fine. This is fine. But then she's in Ottawa U now. She started in September at Ottawa U. And um, it's not much of a first year either at the uh, university. But anyway, you just, you're patient. Time heals all wounds. 
the podcasters, they knew what was up, right? They were like, hey, man, let's... Uh, Let's this, keep is the doing life. What we're, yeah, this is the life. Yes, yeah. <laughs> this is this is the Let's life. Let's keep doing what we've always been doing. And and listen, like, did you have to? You know, I'm I'm not getting into comedy. You coming into podcasting, like, what's what's the deal with that? What can I tell you? Um, yeah, it's so true. I don't. <laughs> it's so true. What gives me the right Stay to dance in your lane <laughs> in your in your turf? Absolutely. <laughs> Man, it's uh, it's tough to deny. I'm a big fan of the of the of the medium of of radio or let's say audio, you know, as a whole. I'm I'm a big fan. Like, um, you know, I I have friends who can't relate to this at all. I don't know if you could relate to this, but just, you know, even even when I lived at home with my parents, uh, you know, many years ago, pulling into the driveway. And just not being able to get out of the car because you're so deep in some incredible story on the moth, you know, or some incredible piece on ideas on CBC or something. You're like, I, I want to hear more about this. this is insane. And good radio programming, you know, when it's done well, it's so compelling. So compelling. And you can't pause it. You can't pause it and go and then come back. You just, you're there, you know, especially when you're in the, when a car environment and stuff. I'm talking about, like a, you know, the old school way of listening. But yeah, I really love it. I really it's, love um, it. It is something. I, I remember when I was a kid uh, listening, I think it was Chum FM on Sunday. So they had the Sunday night funnies on Chum FM. And right after the funnies, they had theater of the mind. And just, just listening to that. Um, on, on like a small transistor radio, sure. uh, you know, under, under, under the covers, uh, and then, you know, taking the bus to and from work and missing bus stops. Cause I'm listening to something, listen yeah, to a podcast. That's a huge Testament to, you know, yeah, man. But you and us, if you, sorry, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I, I was just saying, I remember, you know, as a, a younger man listening to, uh, madly off in all directions and. I didn't know much, you know, they're like, we're in the something studio, we're in the something hall in Nanaimo, and everybody cheers, I'm like, I don't even really know where Nanaimo is, and I hear this, like, whatever it is, the electricity of, like, whatever it would be, like, 800 people in a hall, and I'm like, I'm so fascinated by uh, that being also, like, not just the, in, you know, the very intimate nature of radio, but also hearing something that was, like, big that was happening reduced to just yeah. your ears and being transported there you're like i don't know who those people are i don't know who this comedian is i've never seen his face because i mm. don't have anything called the internet yet i uh, i know nothing i just know that i love this yeah yeah did you have a favorite radio program or a dj a remember dj's I remember DJs. I wasn't as, I don't think I'm a guy who had favorite DJs. You know, grow, growing up in Montreal, we didn't have that same. I know when we used to come here from Montreal to Toronto, when I say here, I'm, I'm talking about Toronto. There was, uh, it was a big thing, you know, at government. It's, it's this DJ from this radio station. He has his night or you go to whatever, RPM. And this DJ Tony Monaco or DJ Silky Smooth or DJ whatever. I don't know. I don't know. We had one guy, one guy, MC Mario. That's all we had. And we could not have given a crap about MC Mario's uh, whereabouts. I mean, he, look, he helped raise us. He helped raise us. He was a second dad to many of us. But to go somewhere because he's there? Like, dude, all your stuff is on CD. We can hear all your, your favorite tracks. What do we have? Um, I didn't have a favorite DJ, but I had these shows. I had, like... Um, 
especially NPR was a big deal for me because where I lived in Montreal, we were across the border from Vermont. So we got VPR, the Vermont public radio, um, I guess, affiliate of, uh, of NPR. And so I would listen to uh, Fresh Air with Terry Gross that continues to be a phenomenal show. I would listen to uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, which was this trivia game. And it was like a personal uh, challenge on Saturdays to be like, uh, will I be able to get this trivia from the week, you know? And there was a car show that I would listen to, even though I didn't even like cars. I just thought, like, <laughs> it's kind of weird. These two weird brothers answering questions. They never get stumped. Um, yeah, I mean, you go back to the days of, like, especially in Quebec, we had, like, two or three channels in English. And okay. TV wasn't that interesting, you know? So radio really filled in the gaps, filled in this void for your, for your imagination for your um your restlessness i guess you know you want to hear more you want to see more you're what are you, you going to read the read the encyclopedia again you know like what are you really going to do you're going to go to library and sit with stuff but i don't know radio uh, really like fulfilled something that i didn't even know it was it was missing it was so great and continues to be so how did you and asif decide to start this podcast and i have to say i had no I didn't know what I was expecting and I listened to it and phenomenal. You guys are doing a great job. I don't know how the two of you being so busy as, as you both presumably are that you've got the time to research and actually put together a great sounding, well-produced podcast. So well done on that. Thank you. I give, uh, I give a lot of credit, the lion's share of the credit to Asif. He really, because he, this was something he talked about a couple of years ago. We were at a cottage and he's like, I'm going to this medical conference. Uh, it's like uh, about medical podcasting. And I was like, oh, would you want to have a medical podcast? He's like, I, I think I would. I think I would really enjoy that. I just don't know what the subject would be. I don't know what the angle is. I don't know what it is. I was like, oh, okay, well, good luck with that. And that was the end of that conversation. But he went to that conference and he had it in mind and it, it continued to churn for, I think, over a year. And then I think his wife is the one who said, again, at another at another you know visit to their home in Ottawa or a cottage visit or something, we were somewhere. And I think it was his wife who was like, this, what you guys are doing right now, this banter in the kitchen, this should be the podcast. I think she said it. I'd like to get to the bottom of that so I can give respect to the right people. But um, if she didn't say it, she definitely concurred and, and, and you know, championed it uh, if, if Asif said it. But uh, yeah, I think it was somebody else who was like, well, this, this jibber-jabber that you two guys uh, find some joy in. Oh, you leave your children and wives to go talk for an hour in the kitchen. This, why don't, why don't, why don't this just be the podcast? And uh, it was often me coming and saying things about like, well, what about, you know, pharma is like this and what do I not know here? Why am I hearing this? But then also this, you clear it up for me. And uh, sometimes he could, sometimes he couldn't. And the same thing, I mean, this guy, one of my first friends who, you know, when you're, you're young, it's, you don't meet a lot of people who are like, this is who directed this film. Right. Most people are like this actor, this actor. You ask my kids, hey, um, you know, who directed that film you love? It's like it's like the way a lot of people go to a restaurant. They forget, like, never mind the chef's name. They forget the name of the restaurant. 
oh, we had something so great yesterday. I'm like, oh, what was it? You know, um, always like this beef dish. What was it called? Can't remember the name of the dish. Certainly didn't take note of the chef and and uh, and don't even remember the restaurant. Uh, and I find that for me, that's baffling. But for Asif, he was like, this director made this film. You may know him. He also did this, you know, Blade Runner. And he's the guy who did this. And so he was always interested in television and film at another level. Um, and so now to have his one of his closest, oldest friends in, you know, connected to that world in a significant way. I think he's genuinely fascinated and has all these questions that he never thought he'd get be able to get answered from somebody who is, you know, directly connected to a bunch of it anyway. No, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not rolling alongside Clooney or anything, but <laughs> definitely, um, you know, the shooting experiences and on the other side of the camera, those experiences are... Interesting. Which, and then it, it baffles my mind you bring that up. How, uh, uh, can we call him Asif or should we say Dr. Asif? What call him Asif. We'll call him Asif. Call him Asif, yeah. With that in mind... I, I so I heard the podcast where he, you guys I think you guys were talking about movies, and he talked about Dune. And I remember because I just seen Dune, and I know nothing about Dune before going to see it. Oh, okay. And I was blown away by the movie. I thought this is a movie like you hear of the movie making industry, and you hear about some of these classics. And that movie, to me, I said, wow. Now, I went with my my son and a bunch of his friends, and I wasn't sure if they were going to get the movie or if they were going to enjoy it. Um, you know, they'll do research and go on YouTube and, you know, watch outtakes and, you know, backstories and stuff. So they'll figure it out that way. But if that movie blew me away, if nothing else but the, the music, the sound in that movie made the movie. Um, I know you're not awesome, but I was kind of like bummed that he didn't like that movie. Well, I, I am disappointed that, that Asif, you know, didn't like Dune. If he is the type of person that goes deep into who's the director, who's doing the music, who's doing the editing, who's the cinematographer. And he doesn't like Dune. Like, come on. I mean, I can't speak for him, man. He's not uh, hes not a normal person. I know he sounds like a normal guy sometimes on that podcast, but there's some pretty abnormal stuff that comes out of his head. Yeah, I'm very, I was very surprised to hear that, to be honest. I, I have not seen Dune. I saw the original Dune. I have friends who read the book. I was like, I didn't even know it was from a book. Of course, no, you know, yeah. Um, so I really, my goal was let the real uh, Dune heads go and see this and i thought asif would be one of them quite a quite a huge huge nerd in many ways and i thought this would fall into his uh nerddom if that's a word well it is now it is now Nerdishness. <laughs> um but yeah i'd be surprised but that's you know that's part of the uh that's part of the fun of a podcast with somebody too where sometimes sure. when you expect them to zig they zag and then yeah and then you get you because we actually have gotten feedback you two don't disagree enough uh, people okay. want us to fight, so uh, that would be good. Capitalize those moments. I, I think maybe maybe there needs to be an episode on you know you've talked about laughter is the best medicine, and and Asif has to ruin it to talk about well there's no proof you know there hasn't been any studies yeah. yeah come on <laughs> hasn't he ever read you know Reader's Digest they have a whole section on laughter is the best medicine in that thing, um, but maybe there needs to be a episode about fighting, and. 
you know, you have four kids. Fighting is the best medicine. Yeah. Fight, fight, yeah. Fighting is, is how you build something. You know, maybe there's... It's a very... I think it's a very good idea. And there's a lot of parents who believe in that, you know... Um, sort of copying the the animal kingdom, right? This is how these young, whatever you are, bear cubs, lion cubs, you know, various animal uh, packs. This is how they learn uh, strength, their own strength, balance, coordination, understanding of self. And so there's some parents who follow that. Fighting, they let them fight. They'll learn to, you know, sort of toughen up and understand how far to go, how, how, how far they can go, this kind of stuff. Whereas other parents, like in my in-laws, you know, one shove uh, from my, one of my sons to the other shot, and it's like, oh, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, it gets really like, you can't do that. It has to, uh, as soon as you're old enough to uh, to speak, civilized behavior, you know? So, um, and there, of course, they're not alone in that, right? A lot of people are like, um, you know, fighting just not allowed in this house. But I think it's a very good idea. I think it's yeah. a great idea, and we'll give you a shout out on that episode. I, I'm looking I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that. Um and not not that you stole this idea because I think ev- everybody last year was talking about <clears throat> was talking about 1991 music in 1991, and I don't know if you know, but we I, I also have a music podcast and we were gonna talk about it. And I told my co-host, I said, Greg, everyone's talking about 1991. Are we gonna bring anything new to the conversation? So we decided to scrap talking about 1991, but you guys did. You know, I'll tell you something. It's very interesting you just said that. Just as a as a kind of an aside, I often am plagued by this idea of are we bringing anything new to the conversation? Asif never considers that. And and I find that interesting. He listens to a lot more podcasts than I do. I have like a rotation of about 5 or 6. That's it. There's just no there's just no time to listen to like all these different podcasts. People are, you know, hey man, Joe Rogan's episode on this. I'm like, I just stop. I'm that's not going to happen. You don't have to waste your breath. It's just never going to happen where I can just find two and a quarter hours to listen to a Joe Rogan podcast about something, no matter how fascinating it is, you know? So he listens to a lot and he's not plagued by those ideas. And I, I take his cue because I am, I'm not a, what, what, what was I like billboard magazines, music editor in the nineties. No, why don't you know? I go that way. I go very hard on myself. What am I bringing different to the conversation? I think for us, if it's like, well, you have, we have fans, we have listeners, we have people who like us. We know this, we get great, um, uh, you know, feedback emails and, and, um, and, uh, Instagram messages and all that. And so sometimes you just got to think like, maybe they'll be interested to hear what does this a doctor and this yeah. comedian think about something that's not in their wheelhouse. I don't, I don't know exactly what his thinking is, but he has never said that. To, and, and to your point, Bob Saget passed away. I was even like, should we do a Bob Saget episode? Because even though I'm a comedian, what new am I bringing about mm. Bob Saget? And, and Austin was like, no, we should absolutely do one. Yeah. So we'll do one. You, know? yeah, you, you did talk doing. about I, that. I think I haven't caught up to that. But yeah, I saw that in the, uh, in the show notes there. Mm-hmm. So tell me, 1991, your favorite... And I'm not talking about all albums because there was a bunch of albums. Obviously, every so year, many, every year there's hundreds and thousands of albums. But um, I'll tell you my top five or six. Okay, from 1991, yeah. In, yeah. in no particular order. U 2s Actung Baby, which mm-hmm. I think I like that album better than the Joshua Tree. Uh, in in terms of 
you know, when you look at U2 and they're, and they're sort of their pop I can music. see that, and I think that depending on what style of U2 you would like, it's a perfectly reasonable thing yeah. to say. Like, I, I yeah, they're, they're two very different albums, right? U2, oh, for sure. Yeah, they're very yeah. different sounds. You wouldn't even necessarily know it's the same band. True. Uh, Nevermind, obviously, I think Nevermind has to be there. Uh, Nirvana. Pearl Jam's 10. Yeah. And then I, I know you have mixed feelings about this, but uh, Guns N' Roses, Use Your Illusion 1 and 2 uh, is up there as well. And it I didn't even realize uh, Van Halen's uh, For Unlawful Carnal Knowledge, I think, was mm-hmm. also a yeah. 1991. Um, before we go into maybe your favorite, um, Sammy Hagar, does he get a bad rap? You know, it was like he wasn't David Lee Roth. And that, for a lot of hardcore Van Halen fans, that was enough for him to be not good. But, you know, you do some research on Sammy Hagar. A, a pretty impressive solo career himself prior to Van Halen. Very, very impressive pipes. The man can sing. The man can sing. Incredible. So, you know, when you step back from your own sort of bias and those, you know, it's... It's you see people right now, you know, they're making Ghostbusters with women and people are losing their mind and ready to go shoot up a studio. Right. So uh, it's a normal reaction to 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 be challenged by things that made sense for you now changing. Uh, The way people go about it is a little crazier and a little less crazy. But I think that's one example of where, uh, you know, a lot of Van Halen fans were like, no, if it's not David Lee Roth, it's no good, you know? And I, 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 I joke about this um, in, in my book in a bunch of places where I talk about how my, my bedroom wall had all these posters and uh, David Lee Roth with his high kicks and his spandex, uh, spandex so tight you knew he was a Jewish fella, you know what I mean? Like, uh, he's there, like his the form of his penis would greet me every single day for years in my bedroom. And now he's not in the band anymore. What, a, what about all the time I spent, you know, looking at him and his men. So uh, this is what happens. You know, you just, you're so attached to something. It's hard to move, move forward. But I think Sammy Hagar uh, doesn't deserve the bad rap he got. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What's, what's your album of 1991? Listen, man, I'm going to go, you zigged. So I'm going to zag. I'm going to do a little something like Asif and I do. I, and, and these were on the list. So, uh, Low End Theory by Tribe Called Quest is a phenomenal album. We were, the, the, the world at large, the general listening public, maybe not the hip-hop heads of the time, but most of us were introduced to Busta Rhymes on that album. Um, and and you take out Scenario. If you've heard Scenario way too many times in your life, there's still about seven other fantastic songs on that album. I stand by that. One of, one of the greatest CDs I ever owned. Um I also, I, I mentioned that I really love uh, live albums. There's an Iron Maiden live album. There's a Scorpions okay. live album that I really love. But uh, that year, Live Hardcore Worldwide is a live album by uh, BDP, KRS-One, Boogie Down Productions. That's phenomenal, phenomenal album. Um, you know, I, I had I had told Asif that in The Source, one of the journalists, uh, music journalists in The Source magazine had said that not only should BD, B, BDP fans buy this album, anybody who is interested in what real hip-hop sounds like should buy this album. And for me, that's how I feel about that album and that time and that band. Real hip-hop. Just beauty, beauty of an album. Um, moving out of that, that world a little bit, uh, I would say um, 
I would say um, Road Apples, the Tragically Hip. Now, this is a, a very personal thing, too. I think the album is great, but also we went to see the Road, the, we went to see the Tragically Hip. So they had an, op, an opportunity to play at the Montreal Forum. They would have sold out the Montreal Forum. Instead, you know, speaking to the work ethic of Gord Downey and his, and the late Gord Downey and his, and his, and his band, they opted to do four nights at the Spectrum, a smaller venue, four shows. So it's like they could have sold out and done that. I don't mean sold out as being a sellout. I mean sold out a, a large venue. But they decided to, for whatever reason, I don't know what reasons they had, but they gave us an amazing show. And I saw that album. I saw that show. Uh, my buddy Manish uh, struggled to get me on stage. God bless him. Pushed me up on the stage. I stood beside G G Gord Downey, who was eyes closed, squeezing the mic, and I stage dove off the stage. Uh, people parted. I landed on the ground, spit, split my lip. Somebody kicked me in the face by mistake. Uh, it's a whole thing. You know what I mean? Like nice. I cannot extricate that. There you go. Road Apples wins. <laughs> so Road Apples is, is, is huge to me, you know? And then, you know, Ice-T original gangster is, is a great album. Um, these, these are like the storytellers, you know, you're going on journeys through the hood. You're going through, I mean, I really, really loved it. Uh, and then uh, I, I gave a Canadian shout out that Asif really appreciated. He's very, very into Canadiana, but um, it was Dream Warriors. And now the legacy begins by the Dream Warriors, you know. And um, yeah, I, I really like that album too. I know it was only, most people only know a couple of songs from it, but that whole album was pretty decent. Nice. Good, good. Uh, that's, that's like a, a way back machine right there. Way back machine. Of... Uh, Cooley High Harmony, if you want also, you know, Boys to Men, was a, that was a great album also. Yeah. Uh, Oh God! It is so hard to say goodbye to yesterday, boys to men. <laughs> I hear you. You know, speaking of of scorpions have and and podcasts. Yeah. Uh, did you ever listen to that scorpion podcast? No. It, do they like dissect every song of the? Oh of no. The scorpions? Oh, so you got to listen to. It's called Winds of Change. Yeah. And it's a podcast about the story that, uh, and I'll just I'll leave it at this: that Winds of Change was actually written by the CIA. That's the premise of the podcast. Okay. And and there's enough viable content that it's a I don't know, I think 6 or 7 episodes long. Phenomenal. Is this in the conspiracy theory world or is this pretty no. likely? What do you think? This um it's not conspiracy driven because of the amount of content and the guests that this the the host interviews yeah um and sort of the, you know how they look at the type of music that the scorpion sang and then all of a sudden there's this ballad that comes out of nowhere yeah. um yeah it's um it's really really good okay i will say that scorpions had some power ballads though they did do their uh um but it was all about it was all about like girls and stuff like it, yeah. you know, wind of changes. He's talking about like culture, like yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. That's fair. Okay, I, yeah. I'll, I mean, I'll look into that anyway. I don't need to. I don't need even much more information than that. I really like what you've said already. I don't know how you get seven episodes. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. I'll listen to that first podcast anyway, and and uh, it yeah, might give, get me. It give might the opening, get me. yeah, give the opening a listen and decide where you go from there. And the podcast is called Winds of Change? I believe it's called Winds, Wind of Change or Winds of Change, yeah. Yeah, 
Okay. Yeah. All right. Fen- I'll listen to that. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Uh, listen, you were you were you were wearing a cap before. Yeah. Um, it, you you would kick me and and never come on my podcast again if we didn't talk about uh, this uh, new hit comedy show on uh, on the CBC. Run the Burbs. Yeah, pretty excited about it actually. Pretty excited. Not not wearing the hat um, uh, out of any sense of uh, you know it's not <laughs> compulsory. It's not contractual. <laughs> no, okay. I uh, I have some I have some pride in this. I really do. And I um, I think you've talked to me uh, you know enough to know that I'm I'm not comfortable uh, tooting my own horn and singing my own praises. And and that's not really what this is about. Uh, but it is a little bit about I'm I'm so proud to be attached to this and you know originally I think there was some hesitation I'm supposed to play a 58 59 year old and you know the the, the suggestion in the writing room was like don't know if Ali can pull it off and uh, you know one of them said it in a nice way they were like look you're you're always eternally young to us you're an eternally youthful guy like when people find out you have four kids it's a bit of like that doesn't compute you know it doesn't compute that you're a father and, so, you know, I know that they were a little concerned um, because they were coming also from the King of Kim's convenience world where Paul uh, Hyung-Sung Lee can, can, can do it. He can play up, you know, he, it worked, but it's like I have to grow in the beard, have it whitened, uh, you know, have these affectations that I've never had before. Whereas <laughs> Paul was part of Kim's convenience on, on, on um, stage, yeah. stage, right? So he lived and breathed this character. So, you know, there was no guarantee. Maybe I'll be in, if I get the role, uh, we'll see what happens. So I get the role. Very, very happy. I'll be in maybe two or three episodes. Okay, great. That's that's fine. Happy to be part of it. Then we just wound up having so much fun, and I discovered a really, like, a, a, a connection with this character and this family and all this, and I wound up being in about eight or nine oh, it's amazing. of episodes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when I talk about uh, I'm, I'm proud, I'm, I'm proud that, you know, I'm proud anytime, like, you get you get fifty to hundred people auditioning for a role anytime. So when you can crack through and get the role, that's great. But I'm also very happy to be part of this. I think we're we're doing something very very significant. Andrew would tell me, you know, he'd get like these messages from people who are like, "Dude, I'm a Vietnamese guy married to a Pakistani woman. The fact that we are seeing what we're gonna see." You know, they hadn't even seen the show yet, but the fact that we know what you're working on, we've read about it, this is unbelievable to us. This is truly, in our lifetime, we never thought we'd see anything remotely like this, you know? So um, it's good, you know, it's a, it's a whole dis- discussion on, on, on representation and, um, and sort of correcting past wrongs, you know, a little bit. Like, it's been many, many years of, uh, of people of color, you know, sort of getting shut out for, for just... Not even racism. It's so institutional. Like you just, you make the choices you make because you've always made them. And you know, you, but you don't realize like how deep, um, deeply ingrained uh, the uh, the discrimination is in, in some of the choices you're making, you know, and we're all guilty of it, but, but this yeah. is, this is good. It's interesting you say that we were watching, um, we're watching season two of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Uh, and my, and my son came in the room, uh, as, as my wife and I are watching it and he sits down for a couple of minutes and literally the first comment that comes out of his mouth, there's a lot of white people on this TV show. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Good for you, kid. Good for you. But isn't that, how amazing is that, right? Like, 
I come from a generation, you know, Asif and I talk about this, the, uh, you know, with regards to Apu on The Simpsons, it was yes. almost, uh, you know, once you get made fun of and somebody goes, uh, some white guy goes, thank you, come again. You go, God, you know, I hate Apu, right? And, and I understand that too. But, but at some level, we were also like, um, hey, it's one of us. That's, that's, and, that's, and that's sad. That's sad that a stereotypical cartoon character represented um, us. That was our representation. And you flip to your son, and your son's all of a sudden like, there's a weird little well, white people in this show, right? So that, that's, that shows the strides that we've made. You know, you think about the talent. First of all, just think about our numbers. As far as actors and, and people who can work behind the scenes, that, 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 those numbers. But then our viewing numbers, our audience numbers, of course we should be there. Of course. Of course, should, yeah. 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 I'm looking forward to, uh, to watching this season. Uh, today's Wednesday, so it's on tonight. Um, it's on tonight. yeah, so I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. I'm really interested to see, um, the work that all of you, but especially, um, you know, uh, the, the cast puts together. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, listen, a couple of things, a couple of more things I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. I know you don't like talking about you, but you know, uh, we'll talk about you. And if there's time, we'll talk about other stuff. But so two things, uh, Hussein Madaiji was on the podcast uh, earlier this week, um, and one of the things we ended off on was because I'm going Hussein reunited again. Huh? We can never be too far from each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've, I've got to go on IMBD when I talk to these people. It's uh, IMDb first of all. You went to the wrong website. What did I say? <laughs> BD. IMBD. BD. It's a database. DB. It's a da- <laughs> database. There you go. Yeah. Um, tell me about stealing vows. So. Uh, First of all, a real a real passion project. So Bobby Singh Brown or Bobby Brown Singh, Bobby Singh Brown. He's just Bobby Singh at this point. But um, you know, he's done a lot of directing in his life. It's been mostly commercials. It's been um, uh, various promotional campaigns. Uh, you know, shorts. He wanted to direct a feature film, and I think he understood. Also, as we speak about rep- representation, you know, they're not handing out director positions to uh, to any brown guy who's just asking irrespective of his uh, his experience and his background um he's a, he's older he's you know late 40s 50s like he's not part of that young generation of 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 new directors who are maybe part of like these you know scholarship funds and other endowment funds and opportunity you know uh for him he recognized that he had to create his own opportunity here uh, I approached him with some ideas for a script. We completely changed it, and he took it um, into into something else. And that something else was stealing vows. And together, our friend Navi also uh, was was part of that original uh, concept. And uh, then uh, Bobby and I sort of took it took it forward and turned it into stealing vows. And then we brought. Um, we brought Fuad Ahmed along. Fuad is, you know, AKA, uh, sorry, FKA uh, Gabe Gray. When we brought him along, he was, he was Gabe. And he's, that's right. That's right. I'm um, back to his, his original name, uh, which is again, a, a huge source of pride. You know, he, he, he was told you'll never work in this industry with the name Fuad Ahmed. It's just not going to happen. First of all, it's Fuad Sayed. Now I'm forgetting what his last name is. I'm a bum. I'm a complete bum. 
But it's I'm not, new. I'm not editing anymore. <laughs> no, you can't. What? Well, Emmett. It is Emmett. Dude, I, you know, we're, we're just getting getting used to this. Anyway, he's, he's a phenomenal actor. And to have him come and see the script and hear the idea in its infancy and to be like, oh, I'm all for this. I really like this. It was great. And, and the idea was, let's do a, a, let's do a film, uh, a proper film by South Asians about South Asians. And everybody, um, you know, I, I don't know how much Hussein went into it but, it, but but everybody either had this happen to them or knew somebody who had this happen to them in the 90s. They're off, they're at a wedding, they come back and the house has been broken into. It's a, it's a simple math and criminality uh, uh, you know, equation. Indian weddings are 400 to 600 people. That's a lot of people out of their house on a Saturday night. Inside job-wise, you know, speaking from the inside job perspective, there's a lot of people who know that a lot of people are outside, right? So you know which houses are empty. And so these break-ins would happen. You know, Manjit Minhas, uh, Dragon's Den Manjit Minhas, she was telling us it happened to their to them. Oh, wow. And, yeah, yeah, well, you meet somebody. Everybody seems to know somebody who, you know, or heard of somebody it happened. And so this was the idea. You know, we have, we wanted to explore that world and we wanted to do it inside Jobish. So we, we, we had this, this, this cast, um, Fouad playing the, uh, a wedding MC, And I could write from an informed place about that because I was a wedding MC, And, uh, and many years ago, a friend of mine told me, he goes, you don't want to get trapped. He's a musician. And he goes, you don't want to get trapped in the role of wedding MC. You're trying to make your name, you know, as, as a comedian, as a stand-up comic, the wedding world will bring you in and it'll keep you there. And he said, as a band, we have to say no to weddings now just so we don't become that wedding band. Right, you don't you don't want to be that bad. That's that's not why you got into this business. You don't want somebody comes and goes. Oh yeah, I saw you last month at this wedding, and I saw you last year at these three weddings. You don't want to be that bad. <laughs> and uh, so those were wise words. And and I was doing a lot of wedding, uh, you know, emceeing, and I sort of made a conscious choice to not chase that at all because of my friend's um, advice. So I could speak. I could write about that that character, uh, you know, in, in an informed way. Uh, I was a chef for many years, and so I play a chef. No, no range required. Angry uh, a chef who's made bad life choices. I was like, I'll write about this for sure. And then we had um, uh, there, there were two other leads. One is Anand Rajaram. He was playing like a, a decorator, the you know the hall decorator. He did a phenomenal job as he always does. And then Gia Sandhu. Um, you know, Bobby caught her early, rising star. She's by the time you know it's it's this movie's out there, uh, people are going to be like, "Wow, Gia's in this!" You know, what I mean, it's like uh, really what's happened in the last couple of years. So her career has been so fantastic. She plays a photographer, and all four of us, photographer, uh, designer, chef, and and uh, MC, are very very disgruntled about being in this wedding. Um, what do you call? There's a word like there's that table that they all sit at with the DJ. We're like yeah, the yeah. wedding, like uh, the vendors, right? Vendors. That's the word I'm looking for. All of us had goals that were not. I'm gonna grow up and be a wedding vendor. That's not what we wanted to do. We had goals to be creative, accomplished, successful people, and now we're in this wedding vendor world, eating leftover sog paneer at the vendor table. And so we're very disgruntled. 
and um, yeah, the idea is, you know, why don't we start robbing houses? We know who's out of their house. We know we can, let's just get enough so we can make a break out of this world. Let's just make a little nest egg for ourselves. And um, so I, I, you know, that concept, it, it came from, you know, half my brain, half Bobby's brain, and we, we grew it and grew it. And it was a great experience writing that script. And then when it came to production, it all went to Bobby. I have no interest in that world. I have no abilities in that world. And uh, full credit to Bobby to bring on people like Hussein, you know, Hoos and, and uh, so many fantastic people come in for like these cameo roles. And uh, it's really like, for me, it's like a who's who of, of, of Canadian brown star power. And I'm, I'm very, very happy that people saw the, the vision that we had. When, when are we expected to see this, Dina? That's the big question. You know, okay. I think it'll be wrapped up in every single regard, all the music and the um, uh, color correction and all that stuff should be wrapped up in the spring. So maybe by March. And then it's about, you know, pitching it to film festivals and stuff nice. like that. And uh, you will be made well aware. Yeah. It's, uh, it's Looking forward to that. Coming out. Yeah. Looking forward to that. And if that wasn't enough, like you're doing everything, uh, you're, you're now an author. I'm, I, I will be a published author in fall. Now I'm yeah. just an alleged author. Ale- alleged, alleged. Although there's, there is an interview you did uh, pitching the book uh, on one of these morning shows. Yeah. Um, and, and I found that hilarious that you're pitching a book that no one can buy. Well, that it's even more hilarious because I was pitching that ahead of time for 2021 fall. Yeah. And then what happened was, um, you know, I was really kind of bummed out uh, about about this COVID situation as far as this this book goes. So I, what happened is, I, to be honest, that I I hosted a virtual book launch and uh, and it made me sad. It was for another author who I really love. And uh, yeah, man, it just made me sad. It made me sad that that author cannot be there shaking hands and and, and, and meeting people and signing books. It was, uh, it was really um, an unfulfilling thing. And it wasn't even my book. I was just hosting the thing. You know, he did the reading and all that. And I just fell down. So I shared this with my editor. I was like, man, it's so like when you dream of writing a book and then it actually happens, how difficult it is to get a publishing deal and all this. And then you start to, oh, yes, I'm going to tour. I'll do comedy at night. I'll be in bookstores in the day and I'll do this across Canada. And I was just like, I just, I mean, I don't want to complain. It sucks for everybody, COVID, but I really, you know, just bummed out about this. So he says to me, he goes, listen, so I had just introduced more of my father into this book. Because um, I was just coming to terms with some things with my, with my father. My, my book is, uh, it's called, Is There Bacon in Heaven? It's my kind of a love letter uh, slash guidance uh, to my children. But then I introduced more about my father in the conclusion. And uh, my editor, Justin, God bless him, was like, hey, listen, man, you know, you just you just opened up this new thing here. Your dad. This could like it's a good book. This could be a great book. You have three generations all sort of learning from each other rather than just you love letter kids. We can, you know, I think we could push this by a year. I was like, what? No, that's crazy. Let's push it by a month. We don't need a year. And he was like, well, no, it's a fall book. And because of COVID, you don't, you know, you are a guy who should be um, kissing babies and shaking hands and all that. And if you can't do it, it's, uh, it'll be, 
I know it'll be a disappointing experience for you. That's not what every first-time author wants. Some authors can just stay in their house and they don't care about going on the road. I want to be out there. And so we pushed it by a year. So yeah, I've been I've been talking up this book for way too long, probably. Uh, but now it better it's be real. good. It better be good. Jeez. So so are you? Have you added chapters? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. It's it'll be like a seventy seventy five thousand uh, word book. I don't know if that's big or not. Like how many pages is that? It's I, I nothing think, insane. It's less <laughs> than three hundred pages. Less than okay. three hundred. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Not a reader, eh? I'll put it, don't worry. It's going to be an audio book as well. I saw no, your eyes burst out of your head. Dude, how many words? I, I, I read, I, I finally finished uh, reading Born a Crime. Oh, yeah. Gee, like, not what I was expecting. Like, I'm reading and I go, when is he going to get to the comedy? And I am so glad there was no comedy. Like, you know, he, there was well, no, this is me as a comedian. It was like his life. No, not at all. It was his life. But, you know, like that story about like the their friend who they had who was named Hitler and stuff. Go Hitler. Go Hitler. <laughs> like the comedy is there, bro. But it's it's so mixed into this awful, awful b- backdrop of apartheid South Africa that it's like, yeah. you know, it's like, he, uh, yeah, it's, it's his real balancing act that he does. It's one of my favorite books of all time. Really. Just, just for, I finished reading. Sometimes you finish reading a book like that and you're going... I was missing something that there was nothing missing mm. that, that book, Agreed. like I was filled, you know? Yeah. yeah it yeah, was, but yeah. no, so thank you for, for recommending. Uh, I, I pick it up, I pick up that book, but uh, yeah, great book. Um, thanks for this time, man. I think we've gone a little bit overboard. Oh, uh, that's all right. Yeah. I'm sorry if I've left you some editing to do. I, you know, this will come out the same time your book comes out. That's that's what I want to say. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's how long it's going to take me. To... Hey, you gotta you gotta tell people ahead of time. Listen, man, we do audio, we do video, and I don't edit. Anything. I don't you gotta edit. tell people that way. I've shaved. I've done some research on myself. I remember things I've done in my life. You know, what if I didn't say anything and we had gone to the end? It goes out to the world, and then and then you're gonna call me, and you go, "Cream, you gotta pull it, pull it, pull it." <laughs> Aliasan, thank you so much for this. Run the Burbs every Wednesday on CBC. Um, look for is there bacon in heaven sometime uh, within the next two to three years? Fall of 2022. Fall, Fall of 2022. You naysayer, <laughs> doubter, you. And uh, go listen to the podcast, Doctor versus Comedian. Appreciate it. Thanks so much, man. Thank you. Thank you so much, buddy. Bye, crew.